Jesus had a radical way, a very different way, and we're going to see this in Luke 6, um, 17, and so on. So if you can open your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, um, what's interesting about this is that Jesus had just called his disciples. Now there was a lot of people that were following Jesus, but Jesus had just called his disciples. He had just said, and said he brought them to, the, to a mountain, and, and he said, you, and said there was 12 of them, you are the ones that he, he chose, that he's going to send out, that he's going to use them uh, to be really his, his missionaries. Uh, and so Jesus calls these, these 12, but Jesus had more than just 12. Um, but, you know, these are apostles. A lot of times they're referred to in the Gospels as the 12 or the disciples, but there was more followers than just these 12. And so um, in, in Luke 6, verse 17, it says that Jesus went down and he stood at a level place and there was a large crowd of his disciples were gathered and a great number of people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and, and to be healed by, of their diseases. Those troubled with impure spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming out of him and healing them all. Now, now here we're seeing that there's people all over the place that have heard about Jesus. They heard that what he's done and, what, and that he's healing people. And so a lot of people are coming to be healed by Jesus. And, and it's, it's um, these guys, these men and women that were being healed and children, they were looking to Jesus. They were wanting something very specific from Jesus. I wonder, are we coming to Jesus for our needs. When we have something in our life, are we coming to Jesus first? Or are we going to find solutions somewhere else? These people were coming to Jesus. They were desperate for healing. And so Jesus was healing them. He had mercy on them. He was, but then, he wasn't just healing them physically. He wanted to also heal them and teach them. And so, in, in verse 20... He, it says he, he, was, he looked up at his disciples. So he's, he's looking at these 12 that he just had said, you are the 12, you're going to be the, the anointed, the, the sent ones, the apostles. And he looked at these disciples, these 12, and he said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you, and when they reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that's how their ancestors treated the prophets. Jesus is talking to these these disciples. He's talking to them telling them that there's going to be hard things right now. There's a lot of bad things happening, but you're going to be blessed. The, the radical way, the, the, the way of Jesus, there's blessings, and Jesus wants to bless them. You know, these, he had all kinds of, of people that were listening, but he was, I think, addressing just these 12. And he wanted people to recognize that they are poor. Maybe not just poor uh, 
financially, but poor, even more, more um, spiritually poor than what they even realize. That they're, they recognize that they have a spiritual bankruptcy. And when we recognize that, Tim Keller says, only the one who confesses complete spiritual bankruptcy can receive Christ's salvation. When we recognize that we have nothing that we can offer, that we need complete, we, we need Jesus completely, not just a little bit. That's the only way we can receive salvation is, is because of Jesus alone, by His grace. And, and He says that they're going to see the authority of the kingdom of God. They're going to, they are going to, it says that you are, they are yours. Yours is the kingdom of God. Last week we were looking at this, this kingdom of God, how, how Jesus came and he's giving this, this kingdom of God and, and it's a very different kind of kingdom where he is calling people to repent and believe the good news. Repentance is required. And, that, and so these spiritually poor, these spiritually hungry, these spiritually sad these spiritually people that are being insulted and being persecuted because of Jesus. When these things happen, Jesus says, rejoice and be glad. Now that doesn't sound very good when, you're, when all these bad things are happening to you, but Jesus says to rejoice and be glad. He says, leap for joy because great is your reward. Great is your reward in heaven because of the things that you're dealing with on earth. You are persevering. You are putting your trust in Jesus. You are recognizing that even when I'm hungry, that that I will only be filled completely by Jesus. And and when I'm weeping and mourning over the sin in my life, that sorrow is going to be replaced with joy because of what Jesus does for us, for giving us salvation. And, you know, sometimes we really like it when people give us all kinds of compliments that Jesus says here that, that they're going to insult you. People are going to insult you. They're going to hate you because of Jesus. But sometimes we want the world's approval. We want our people's approval. But that, when people give you approval, that doesn't mean God is saying it's right. And this is kind of what he's referring to here in the, the Old Testament prophets. That they were... these. The ungodly were praising, they were praising the people that were giving false prophecy. God's approval is more important than, than people's approval. So we always want to be spiritually poor. We want to recognize our need for our Savior. So in the Jesus way, those who know their need for God live blessed lives. When we realize that we have a complete need for Jesus. And it's, there's nothing I can do that's going to help Jesus out. It's all about Jesus. And I'm living a life of dependency. We're living lives trusting in Jesus. Jesus said we're going to be blessed. We're going to live a, a life blessed. And, and I know that he said we're going to have treasures in heaven, and so we will be blessed. But I believe he's also talking about present. They are going to be blessed because they have joy and they have peace. We have hope. We don't have to fear evil. But they're going to have this blessing now. So followers of Jesus, are, we rely on Jesus 
to live with this eternal perspective. So we're thinking about people, we're thinking about God, we're thinking about the things that matter, not about all the other things. And there's this delayed reward. So we have to wonder, is it worth it? Sometimes we're going to say, man, it's just too hard. And sometimes we're going to say, I can't do it on my own. And I hope that's us, all of us. I can't do it. I need completely, I need Jesus. I need Jesus in his way. When we see our need for God, we're going to live with a blessed life. And that's not the reason to do it, so we get the blessing. But we have Jesus. Now he addresses his, these disciples and kind of says the opposite things here in the next few verses. He says, But woe to you who are rich. You've already received your comfort. Woe to those who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that's how the ancestors treated the false prophets. So he, he takes each of these things these blessings, and they, he contrasts them with woes. Now, a woe, in the Net Bible, it says that Jesus promises condemnation or woes to those who are callous of others, only looking to their own comforts. Are we looking to our own comforts? Are we looking for the now? Or are we looking to Jesus? Depending on Him and realizing our need is completely in Him. Because in the Jesus way, those who don't see their need for God are not part of God's kingdom. They're not part of the kingdom if they're not going to recognize that they need God. They are self-focused. They're thinking about the now. They're thinking about how they can be rich and happy and, and all the things. They're, they're well-fed and they're enjoying life. It's not that we can't enjoy life, but if we're enjoying life because of the way we're living our life apart from God, that's the problem. So spiritually rich, they're enjoying their, their earthly blessings, and that's what Jesus says, that, that they've already received their comfort. They've already received their blessing. I hope that's not us. I hope that's not any of you, that you're receiving your blessing now, and that's all the blessing you're going to have. We, wanna, we want to be blessed for all eternity, not just for the now. And so are we living in the, the radical way, the kingdom way, the way of Jesus? Because we, if we're living that way, we're not thinking about how can I be happy right now? How can I get the best things right now? It's about having Jesus. And actually, if we have Jesus, then we are living the blessed life. We are living happy. Now, it doesn't mean we're living in a way that is not going to have suffering and pain. In fact, we know as in the Christian life we have suffering and pain. That's part of life. We're not going to escape that until, until after this life is over. And so, then Jesus, he, he brings up this, so he's first talking to his disciples, and then it says in verse 27, but to you who are listening I say, so he's saying, everyone that's listening, not just these 12, but everyone, he says this. He says something that's so backwards from this world. He says, love your enemies. Now I wonder if people like, were like, wait, did I hear that right? He said, what about my enemies? No, love 
your enemies, he says. And he kind of then shows like in, in three steps here what, what he's like actually meaning. So for the people that were like, wait a minute, I thought he said love. I, I probably didn't mean that he said love your enemies. That, that can't be right. But he said, do good to those who hate you. Oh, that does sound like loving. Okay, yeah. Uh, then he says, bless those who curse you. And also pray for those who mistreat you. Those are hard things. Those are hard things to do. There's no possible way that I can do that or that you can do that on your own. That's why we need to recognize our spiritual bankruptcy. That's why we need to recognize that it's all about God. It's all about God working in my life, your life, that we have to let Him do the things that we could never do. Loving our enemies. He goes on and says, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. And we're, a lot of us are familiar with this verse. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And Jesus goes on and says, if you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are doing good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And, and if you lend to those in whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to, the, lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. I know this section of the Bible is really hard. I know it's really hard for us to hear. I know it's really hard for anyone to hear. Jesus also preached this, in, and Matthew recorded it in Matthew 5, also about this, if someone is insulting you, if someone is hurting you, if someone is against you because of me, don't repay them in a way, actually, don't repay them. He says, turn your cheek. They slap you on this side, turn this way. Now, maybe that's, maybe we can think, okay, I can do that, can not get into a fight. But what if it's, what if it's someone that's really, really done evil? Someone that's done terrible, terrible things to you or your family or to those you love or those you don't know, but just terrible things. What are we supposed to do then? Because there's no way I'm supposed to let somebody beat me up. There's no way I'm supposed to let someone like, just rob me of my stuff. There's no way I'm supposed to just do all that stuff, Jesus. That, that's not really for me, right? Well, that's what we want to think, but that's not the answer. Jesus says, love your enemies. He says, do good to those people. The people that hate me, I'm supposed to do good to? People that curse me, I'm supposed to bless. People that mistreat me, I'm supposed to pray for. 
he doesn't say how to do these things. He just says to do them. He expects us to be merciful like the Father is merciful. Those who live in Jesus' way are going to love like Jesus. And loving like Jesus is radically kind and radically merciful. When we love like Jesus, there's this radical kind and mercy that follows. Because there's no way I can do this on my own. There's no way that you can do it on your own. Just like, I'm going to just be kind to people that are hurting me. I'm going to do good. I'm looking for good when people are mistreating me, mistreating others. How am I supposed to bless people when they're cursing me? Jesus wants us to see that his way is so different than the world's way. His way is a way of love. It's not the way of the world. Where the world says, get back. When someone does something to you, you get them back. You don't let them do that to you. You need to, you need to stop them from doing that. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Even to someone that's being really violent and someone that's being really bad, Jesus says, turn the cheek. And so I know this is really hard to hear. It's not something, it's not something any of us want to do. But the way of Jesus is the way of love. And the way of Jesus is the way of sacrifice. The way of Jesus is a way of losing things. When we are on Jesus' way, we're living a life that's radically different. And it's, we're going to be giving up a lot of things. But it's worth it. Jesus says, great is your reward in heaven. And you'll be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. It's worth it. It might not seem worth it in the moment, but it's worth it for all eternity to be kind to those who are hating you and blessing those who curse you. And probably the easiest one of these three is pray for those who mistreat you because you don't have to actually go to them, right? You don't have to actually, they don't actually have to see you or hear you say something. So if nothing else, are we praying for those who are mistreating us? I'm not saying that's the only thing we should do because Jesus says bless those and to do good to those. But we can pray. We, if we are having a hard time with this, I want to just encourage you to talk to Jesus about this. Because he knows our hearts. He knows that this is a hard thing to do. But Jesus isn't asking us if we would do this. He's asking us to obey him. And obeying him is showing love like him. And the way that we can show love is by being filled completely with him. Being spiritually dependent on him. Realizing there's nothing that I can do. There's no way I can do this on my own. And that we don't even try. But we need to be in the Word. We need to be seeking Him. Being led by His Spirit. Being merciful and kind like the Father. Spiritually dependent lives look so different than the world. There was a movie that we watched a, a couple of years ago here called Sabina. And there's a, a story about her life, and she found out, this is in uh, World War II times, and she found out 
that her family had been killed. And later on, she even heard these, these men that were joking and laughing and saying how great it was to kill her family. And she, she had to deal with that. How, how, could, she, how could she realize that this, per, these people who killed her family, they weren't even sorry for it? What is she supposed to do about that? Well, she took it to Jesus. Because there's no way that she could handle that. There's no that we, we're not meant to handle that. Jesus can handle that. Jesus will help us. His Spirit will lead us. And, and when she had an opportunity, she blessed these men. She prayed for them. She prayed for opportunities that, that she could bless them, and then she did. And it, of course, it was very impacting on these, these men. Because they, she said that you were the ones that killed my family. But she not only forgave them, but she blessed them. She was praying for her enemies. She was looking for ways to bless them. She was looking for ways to do good to them. And that's not because, of, because she just had a good, really, she was being the bonus Christian. She was doing the extra things. No, she was dependent on Jesus. She was being led by the Spirit. She was giving up her right to fight, her right to want to have revenge, her right, actually those aren't rights, but those are what we were told. We, can, we, can, we need to get back. The way of Jesus is radical because it's a way of love. So do you have mercy in the way that you live? The way you treat people? Maybe they're ungrateful, maybe they're wicked. Are you showing kindness and mercy to them? You know, or, or when people disagree with you, do you just cut them off and say, no, I'm not going to talk to you anymore? Or maybe just don't, re- don't talk to them anymore? How are we treating people that disagree with us, that, that especially that say Christians are terrible, that Jesus is bad, all these things, and they're insulting you, making fun of you, they're giving your, making your life hard? How do you deal with that? I hope we're dealing with it in a way that brings glory to Jesus. And the only way that's going to bring glory to Jesus is by giving it to Him and letting Him show us how to bless people, how to pray for people, how to do good for those that don't deserve it. Jesus calls followers to a radical way, and it brings blessings for all eternity for now and for all eternity. In this radical way, it's not based on the now. It's not, how we want to, it's not how we feel, but it's about all of eternity. Blessings happen now, of course, because we have our hope in Jesus, but also in the future. We know we're with Him. There's going to be no more pain. There's going to be no more tears. No more sorrow because we're with Jesus. And, and what's really interesting about this is that Jesus modeled this for us. Jesus could have just said, bless your enemies, and then went on and lived his life how he wanted. But no, he didn't. He prayed for those who mistreated him. Think about on the cross. He was praying for those. Think about right before he went to the cross and he was praying in the garden. He was praying for for disciples, but he was also praying 
for the people that were going to be against him. He was blessing those who curse him. They, he was on the cross and they were cursing him. Those people were hating him. He was still sh showing kindness and grace and mercy, even to the point of death. Jesus' example of sacrifice is then what he calls us to, to be like him. We are going to love like him when we give up everything for him. And it's worth it. It might not seem like it in the present, but it's, it's worth it. So if you're a follower of Jesus, how are you showing kindness and mercy to those who oppose you? How are you showing grace? How are you praying for those? How are we living dependently on Him? Spiritually poor. Not, not just living it up right now, but, wait, but being in the moment all about Jesus. And I pray that you would ask the Lord to help you live this, His radical way of love, giving you an eternal perspective, this way that that's, there's blessings now, but the, in the future, your reward is great in heaven. In the Jesus way, those who know their need for God lived blessed lives, and those who don't see their need for God are not part of His kingdom, because His kingdom is about repentance and belief and trust in Him. And those who love like Jesus are radically kind, radically merciful, like the Father. Jesus calls His followers to this radical way. Are you accepting the call? Are you accepting His radical way of love? Or are you going to be like the rich that have received their comfort? Are you going to be like those that are they're well fed because later they're going to go hungry. Are you going to be like the people that are enjoying life and laughing it up now, not caring about the sin because later they're going to mourn and weep? Are you going to be like, are you going to be like everyone that speaks well and just be a people pleaser, wanting what, what, just to make people happy, saying whatever it is for them to hear? Or are you going to be walking in the way of Jesus? Being dependent fully on Him for His strength. Living the radical life. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank You for Your Word, even when it's hard. Even when we don't really want to respond. Even when we want to just hold on to what's, what we think is good. God, we thank you that you show us a way of love, of mercy, showing kindness and grace to those who don't deserve it. Lord, we pray as this week we look for opportunities to, to, to pray for our enemies, to show kindness, to bless. And God, we pray that this isn't so, so, so we can receive any glory or honor. God, this is all about you. This is for you to receive glory and honor. And God, so we pray that we would be living spiritually dependent on you, that we'd be recognizing our spiritual poverty and each day trusting you, each day living radically for you. So God, we just pray that you would, you would show us more and more of you and we could hunger and thirst for you. You would fill us 
teach us. Fill us up with your love so we can pour it out to others. Lord, we also just continue to pray for the country of Israel. God, we pray that your name would be praised. That you would receive all glory and honor. And God, we pray for, for protection for those that need protection. But God, more than anything else, God, we pray that people would trust you with their life. That people would come to you and to know that they need you completely. And so we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen.